It's Christmas Eve in the East Village. Felix calls me and says to meet him at Vazak's. I make the quick walk from First Street. The sidewalk is wet, and it's nearly empty for once. A handful of people are inside, sipping slowly. He's at the bar and yanks a stool out for me. We've been friends for a year or two. He was brought in to audition on something I was writing lyrics for, and he played us a demo of his song, Magician's Assistant, all recorded in his apartment, and he played most of the instruments. I loved it through and through, and I ran out into the hallway after he sang for us and told him to let me know when he was playing next, that I would be there. I think I never missed a single show of his, sometimes one of the only people sitting on a crooked chair as he sang his heart out on a tiny stage. He asked me to take a picture for his album cover, which mostly became an elaborate excuse to hang out in the afternoon with some cameras in a bag, shooting the shit, talking about life, eventually taking another roll of photographs we would never use. I ended up taking a picture of his reflection in a bathroom mirror. That's how we got to the cover. But it's a strange night, and Felix is gnawing on those bones, the ones that have no answers. We crack jokes about how we're such perfect idiots, about our warm, fuzzy plans to become fathers in some foggy future, mostly to embarrass our kids. The world was full of impossibilities, and we didn't care. We just wanted to carve out a tiny little corner and call it our own. He was adopted, and we had the first real talk about it that night. I had an ongoing fantasy as a child, always hoping to find out I was adopted. We were so perfectly different. The bartender was a tall woman with dark hair. She gave us a few rounds on the house, never saying a word, but eavesdropping, I was sure. Eventually, we called it a night, and Felix headed back to 15th Street and his girlfriend. I went home to an empty bed. Not too long after that, I picked up a guitar and tried to write more than lyrics, and it was Felix who guided me through it all, maybe practicing to be a father. I remember showing him these chords I'd made up with names like monkey and pineapple. He laughed his ass off, and then he told me he was playing at the living room in a few days, and he was giving me half of his set, and I was going to sing my four best songs, and he would back me up. He liked my songs that much, and it meant the world to me. That was almost 20 years ago. He and Liz were witnesses for my wedding. He went on to be nominated for a couple of Grammys as a co-writer and producer. And somehow we became fathers. But it all started with believing in each other, foreseeing the seed hidden way down under the soil and how it needed sun and water and how we both needed a friend. I'm Marco, and this is Songbird. 
I'm sorry this last episode for season one has taken so long to come together. Some things can't be rushed. All right, so we're deep into the liner notes at this point, and we get to that little paragraph where we thank people. And sure, for some, it's just a formality, and you thank your wife or your husband and the kids and and the people at the label and the mastering person. But then there's other names. Maybe it's just a first name. And all too often, they remain a mystery. And I don't know, maybe that's a good thing. But with Heaven Get Behind Me, my debut album, the one that took me my whole life to be ready for, Felix was the lighthouse. He got me to step up to a mic and sing, which scared the ever-loving shit out of me. And he listened to demos and he sent me notes no matter how busy he was. But in general, he just tried to get me to stop overthinking things and just to play what I wanted to play and not look back. I mean, look, it's it's just so easy to get scared. And taking risks is terrifying. And as much as people like to paint failure as some gift from the universe or some phoenix from the flames moment that makes you grow, the pain of falling short of finding out that you're just not that good. No one is ready to deal with that. No one has arms big enough to wrap around that big, messy, brutal truth. We'd love to detour that snake pit. So we do everything we possibly can to avoid it. But without risk, nothing happens. Okay, so fine. We learn to take risks. The other part of this fear is the idea that we're going to look like an idiot and someone's going to point and snicker and judge and condemn. And as tough as we like to think we are, that little voice is whispering in our ear too, far too often. But if I learned anything from Felix, is that we're all complete idiots, every single freaking one of us. And there is nothing special about being a fool. Fools make the world go around. You know, on my 12-string Gibson, the one made in 1968, someone inscribed something on the tailpiece. And that's that piece of metal that holds the bottom of the strings and it wraps around the bottom of the guitar. And they did a terrible job. I mean, you can hardly read it. It must have been done with some kind of home hobby kit or something. But it says, Ronnie, I love you. Lee, 1984. I mean, I I had to buy this guitar. It's such a perfect little lesson there. It's like a little reminder every time I look at it. The gift. And it's the perfect wish for someone else. It's the vulnerability. All wrapped up in six little words. Ronnie. I love you. Lee, 1984. I think that's what a thank you is at the end of the day. So, yes, I thank my wife Natasha, the patient listener, with that look on her face when I play her something brand new and ask how it hits her, and that magical pride she takes when I get something really right, and my daughters Eve and Vera, who witness all of the wrestling, all of the struggle, and the battles won 
and the battle's lost. I remember rehearsing with a Moscow band when Eve was, I think she was six, and how she rested a hand on my arm for the entire rehearsal. Even though we had a space cleared out for her with some coloring books and some treats, no, she wanted to be right there. And Vera, who somehow picks up the melody and hums it back to me, skipping around the apartment. They both helped me so much. And Quentin, who I played in a band with two million years ago, with his wise ears and that quiet confidence that oozes from his messages. And Stephen Ulrich of Big Lazy, an exquisite guitar player and composer who I've known forever. And when Stephen heard the album, he told me his wife leaned in and kissed him on the forehead. And that's as powerful a message as the Gibson tailpiece. And George, who introduced me to Big Lazy back in the day. I mean, it's all connected. George, with your curiosity and vulnerability and your willingness to tell me what a demo says to you. All right, there's so many more names. Arakli and Daniel, Ashley, Richard, Evie, Ryan, and all the rest. You know who you are. You're all songbirds. Crows running shotgun, witnesses to it all, talking your special talk, speaking your special language, seeing past the reflections in the windows, right into the heart of the songs. So thank you. Thank you all. From the bottom of my heart. I wanted to do something really special for our season finale this last episode of season one. We're out of my songs to revisit. We've chewed them to bits and picked the bones clean. And that leads me back to Felix. The last conversation I had with him was about nine months ago. I told him about the label offer and he just said, I'm so proud of you. Always the father. And then a month or so went by. I was writing to him about the contract and would he take a look at it? And he didn't get right back to me. I mean, this was the beginning of COVID, and I knew he was a busy person, and I didn't think much of it. And then, a few weeks later, the news came. He died. Now, I've talked a lot about this already. There's a line from that very first song of his that I heard, Magician's Assistant. And for my next trick, I'll disappear into thin air. And that was him. So for the past weeks, I've been trying to record one of his songs. I started with that one, but as it turns out, only Felix could sing, Oh, showbiz, those were the days. <laughs> yeah, I tried, but I went down in flames. And then I tried a different song of his from his first album. It's called Daylight Hour. Now it was completely out of time but it felt right in a way. And then I did a couple of full sessions and then I completely scrapped them. And then I started all over again and I tried to work with the click track and it was even worse. Now, obviously I was putting a huge amount of pressure on myself to do justice to his song. And then at my wife Natasha's suggestion, I went back to that looser original approach and I just kept chasing it down it was incredibly difficult, and I just can't play guitar like him. 
And this was just all way outside of my comfort zone for both my voice and the instruments. So I just kind of hunkered down and I tried to make it my own somehow and speak to him through it. So Daylight Hour is about needs and failings and hurts. And it's kind of sly. I'm not saying please or admitting I was wrong. I'm not saying we'd be together for too long. I'm not saying the taste you left me with was anything but sour. All I'm saying is what I want is another hour with you. So it's using a negative to express a positive. It's saying all this stuff that's not true as a backwards, underhanded way of saying, I love you. All right, so here's me trying to do some justice to Daylight Hour by Felix McTeague from his debut self-titled album. I'm not saying please or admitting I was wrong. I'm not saying we'd be together for too long. I'm not saying the taste you left me with was anything but sour. All I'm saying is what I want is another hour with you. Just one more daylight hour Just one more daylight hour I'm not saying I want one more night again Just one more daylight senses Don't stare blankly at the phone I barely think about you now Or wonder where you are To say that I miss you would be going way too far All I'm saying is I love to take a long ride in a car with you Just one more daylight hour Just one more daylight hour 
I'll not say I want one more night again Just one more daylight hour I'm not saying I want one more night again Just one more daylight hour I'm not the same person I was a month ago when I sat down to record a cover of Felix's song. This process has changed me. It's humbled me, and it's taught me so much. I reached out to some people I trust, all mutual Felix friends, and I asked them to, I don't know, maybe I was asking them to bless this version. I felt like a leaf in the wind by this time. And I was calling it done, but I needed to get my feet back on the ground. And the thing is, it's far easier to give help than to ask for it. But somehow I did ask. And Allie and Marlon and Sophia, bless you all. You swooped in and you made me feel whole again. And we shared some good memories along the way. And we did what Felix would have hoped for. I think there's a huge lesson here. The thing that we all need to understand is that songs have their own lives. They live far beyond our own existence, and they can mean so many different things. They outgrow what we want them to say. And that is the power of songwriting. They're a legacy and a vessel, a great big cup we can fill up with so many things and then drink them down in sadness, in grief, in loss, and in pain, as much as celebration. In the humble glory of those words and those chords, and that melody, and that harmony, and that verse, and that chorus, they continue to mean more than we can ever imagine. All right, songbirds. Still got a few more tricks up our sleeve. This is a finale, after all. First of all, season one has been a completely fantastic experience. We went deep, we went weird, and we went wonderful. And I hope we laughed as much as we could, because those were some pretty sad freaking songs. The big news is that season two of Songbird has a concept got a plan and it's huge it's gonna shake your booty and blow your mind give me another week or so 
and we're going to pull back the curtain on all of this with a trailer. And then I think we're going to add some follow-up tastes and teasers as season two comes together. So I'm going to go away for a little while, but you're going to know what I'm up to. And don't worry, I'll send postcards when I'm off in the wilderness. This is the part at the end of the show where I tell you where you can find us, which is every single podcasting platform. Or you can just go to songbirdpodcast.com. That's the only place you'll find the show notes, and we're going to have some pretty great Felix McTeague links on this one. All right, goodbye. Das Vidanya, season one. Nice knowing you. And keep your eyes open for season two, with the trailer dropping in a week or so. Next season on Songbird. A meatloaf special, Coney Island surfing, and Marlon Brando. Thanks for listening. Songbird is a bittersweet content production.